Good morning and welcome to the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Um, this wonderful Sunday, July 19th. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for uh, your continued faith. And we're so excited to see many of you in our midweek services. Um, it's excited to see many people from around the country as we had uh, visitors to our own branch, uh, quote unquote, here in Mesa this past week in our testimony service. And if we look at our struggles and how we're different as far as our worship today, we can also look at the strengths. And we're seeing uh, renewed friendships from all around the church. Uh, we're seeing uh, different perspectives, uh, being able to easily interact with brothers and sisters across uh, the nation. And if we take a step back, we can really see that God continues to work and he continues to love you. And it's my prayer that you wouldn't just end here, that you would dig into his word, that you would pray, that you would look for other services um, to draw closer to the Lord. Um, a couple of announcements before we start. Uh, we pray that you would um, remember the Fidel family as they lost uh, their loved one uh, early this morning to her battle with cancer. Uh, we also lost a wonderful warrior uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ, one of our ministers, Brother Dennis Calabrese. Um, his uh, wife, Sister Anne, is still struggling uh, with COVID in the hospital. Um, we praise God that she is feeling better today. But uh, please remember their family as we mourn the loss of Brother Dennis, um, that God might strengthen them. And continue to remember our country as we struggle with this virus and this new normal that we're experiencing, um, that God's grace might be manifest in our lives, but also his power, that he might continue to answer our prayers and be with us. So I'm excited today, uh, as I am every Sunday. I look forward to being here with our brothers. Um, I look forward to hearing the word of God, and I pray that it might be a blessing to you. So with that, we'll open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for all that you do for us in our lives, Lord. We thank you for your continued protection. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace that is sufficient for all of us, Lord. And I pray that as our brother Tim opens this service, that you might guide him uh, with your spirit. I pray, Lord, that our hearts and minds might be open to you today, uh, that we might uh, have a desire to serve you, that we would have a desire to be closer to you today. And Lord, as we've seen many prayer requests come this week and in the past weeks, Lord, it seems that um, the people on our prayer list is endless, Lord. And I pray that um, you might strengthen those who are sick, those who are afflicted, Lord, that we might not uh, waver, Lord, that we would not get weary uh, remembering them in prayer. I pray that you would be with the Calabrese family, Lord. Uh, those who are mourning uh, Brother Dennis, I pray that uh, you might comfort them. I pray that you would... Uh, pronounce a healing upon Sister Anne, Lord, as she's in the hospital. Lord, we're so grateful for your love in our lives, and we know that uh, you hear and you answer our prayers. Uh, we love you so much. We ask this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. And with that, have a great morning. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, we're excited to be here today and, and um, to uh, even... Um, present the message that God has put upon our heart. I'd ask you to have a, a prayer that uh, he might give me the words and, and uh, add to what has already been shown to me through the scripture and, and uh, just in looking at other things. And uh, the, the topic today, seeking the real treasure. Um, so this is something that uh, I think a lot of us have really 
had to uh, think about with all of that's happening with this pandemic because uh, I know that when it initially happened and the, um, the stock market tanked, you know, it, it just suddenly makes you realize that what we have on this earth is very, very um, fleeting. It's very temporary and, um, you know, that, you know, we, we talk about at home, we wonder if we'll ever see what we've been saving all these years because uh, it doesn't seem like, um, well, we just don't know what, what the future holds. We know that what God holds and that our confidence is in God, not in, um, in what we've put aside for our retirement or whatever. So that's, that's the good news, and that's something that all of us that put our life in God's hands have to look forward to. But I, wanted, um, I have some objectives today that I want to go through quickly. First, I want to just remind us that God, his desire for us is good. His desire is that we'd have joy in this life and that we would spend eternity with him in heaven. And he loves us, and that, and that is his prime directive. He does not have a selfish motive other than so that he can um, enjoy our presence. So there's a, there's a really mutual beneficial relationship there, and, um, and that underlies everything that he does. Uh, we're going to talk about the conditional blessing on the land of America. Uh, we're going to talk about a relationship between, between prosperity and um, man's tendency to stray from God. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, and that um, sometimes God has to correct us. He has to do things to get us back on track. Uh, and, and some of those things are linked to the, the promise on the land. We're going to talk about... Um, there, there were some recent revelations to the church, and while I'm not going to get directly into those revelations, I am going to kind of uh, capture the high points and see how those revelations are consistent with how God acts in Scripture and how they relate to the promises that, that um, we're looking forward to. And we're also going to um, recognize that there is a battle for our souls, that um, Behind everything, there is an opposition. You know, we, we understand from the Word of God that as much as God wants to draw us to Him, uh, for us to have free will, there is an, there is an opposition that is seeking to draw um, away from God. And we're going to look at that, uh, that dynamic in, in a little bit of detail and recognize that it's a battle for each and every one of us. So... Um, just looking, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about the promise for America, and I'm just going to hit some high points here. This land is consecrated unto him whom he shall bring, and if it so be that they shall serve him, it shall be a land of liberty unto them. If iniquity shall abound, cursed shall be the land, but unto the righteous it shall be blessed forever. And uh, I, I want to re uh, us to realize that when we see this part about um, cursed if iniquity abounds, I think that I would not be making a um, controversial statement to say that we've seen iniquity abounding in this nation like, like we've never seen it before, that even where what is right is being called wrong. And then um, another uh, chapter, and, and this is something worth looking at sometime, where, where uh, we see how um, the, um, this truth is kind of unfolded that um, as much as the God wants to bless us, you know, his, the Lord in his great infinite goodness does bless and, bless and prosper those who put their trust in him. Yea, and we may see at the very time when he doth prosper his people, 
Then is the time that they do harden their hearts and do forget the Lord their God and do trample under their feet the Holy One, yea, and this because of their ease and their exceeding great prosperity. And we see that except the Lord doth chasten his people with many afflictions, yea, except he doth visit them with death and with terror and with famine and with all manner of pestilence, they will not remember him. And, you know, pestilence, a, a pandemic counts as pestilence. And, um, you know, the Lord, in, in, uh, when we look at the, the scriptures, we see a cycle where um, when God would uh, bless a people, and they started to prosper, um, then at some point, pride creeps in and they, they start to fall. And we see this with Israel over and over again where there were times when he actually sent enemies their way to, re, to get them back on track. And um, that's, that's kind of a little bit of what we're experiencing right now. And I, I have a little diagram. Um, and you're going to see a lot of these little diagrams, okay? So in the upper left corner... Is, is where God wants us to be. He wants us to be spiritually strong, and he ideally wants us to have prosperity and peace. That's where he wants us to be, is in that corner. Now, we have, you know, we talked about this battle going on. Satan, on, on the other hand, is trying to draw us to a point where we are carnal. Um, and in, if you can imagine, if you ever in school had to plot points, what I want you to do as we go through these different diagrams is kind of think about um, how that when you plot the point in different places, it has a different effect in our life. And I'll give you an example here, an, an example from Scripture. So when you think about uh, Job, you know, the story of Job, who was extremely blessed. Job was in that upper left corner. He was blessed uh, with peace and prosperity, abundance, wealth. And he was spiritually strong. You know, the Lord said, look at what an upright man this is. He was just right up there, stuck in that corner of uh, where God wants us to be. Now, Satan, on the other hand, he said to, to God, well, look at Job. Yeah, he's over there because you blessed him with all this prosperity and this peace and all this stuff. If you take that away, you watch and see where he goes. And Job, he... Uh, when Satan did take it away, instead of dropping to the carnal, he slid to the right, to where he had poverty, he had trouble, affliction, uh, he was suffering, but he maintained that spiritually strong. He stayed at the top of the chart. And um, later on, we see that God restored him to the left side because he stayed at the top. And Satan sometimes you know, uh, throws things at us to try and get us down towards that carnal, whether it's through poverty or the other thing, the other example that I would, would, would state would be um, looking at um, the um, uh, son, the um, prodigal son, okay? Prodigal son, he grew up in a, a, a prosperous household where he didn't have any problems, and he took that wealth and he went down to the lower left corner, to the carnal. And when he did that, you know, Satan, he's a trickster. He'll lie. And he, Satan's telling us that that carnal spot, that's where you're going to be happy. But, but all those carnal desires are things that lead us to the poverty and the trouble. And that's, Satan wants us to be miserable like him. So when you see that, uh, that lower right corner, Satan's trying to draw us there all the time. And we are in this battle where if the more that we give attention to those things that God wants 
for us, the more we move to that, that point of prosperity and spiritual strength, and the more that we listen to Satan, the more that we're drawn into carnality and trouble. And, and um, so um, just looking at the scripture that we talked about, how that when we're blessed, we forget God. Um, I've got this little, little uh, diagram here that talks about uh, how that the more prosperity that we have, the more that we have opportunities to seek worldly pleasures. Now, um, you know, and I think that's pretty easy to explain. You know, I, I think back when I was a kid and my parents had uh, barely enough to pay the bills. When we went on vacation, we went and we camped out at um, somebody else's house that was, you know, uh, usually it was, well, almost always was a member of the church. And we would enjoy their family and visit and share testimonies. And we had a wonderful time, but it didn't cost anything, you know, because we were just um, camping out at their house. And then people would camp out at our house, and we just visited and shared the gospel. And it was a very simple kind of a, um, you know, I mean, we played games and we did other things like that. But it wasn't like now where um, when you have prosperity, you, you have the luxury of saying, well, I'm going to go to... Um, some exotic place, and I'm going to indulge myself in uh, going to a lot of different shows and a lot of indulge in different activities that take money, and and they're a lot of fun, but they are a distraction. You know that curve is the distraction opportunity curve that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. That the more wealth you have, the more easily it is to to slide away from remembering God and putting a priority because suddenly we find things that become a substitute for turning to God. Now, on the other hand, if we um, look at a, a similar kind of a profile, when there are difficult circumstances that come in our life, people tend to draw closer to God. And, and uh, we saw that in the church, that the, the church's greatest growth grew in, in this country during the Depression. If we look worldwide, we see where, like in Malawi, where people are dirt poor, the church is growing by the thousands, it, you know, just surpassing, or Nigeria, or some of these countries, people are looking for the Lord, and they, they need him, and they need his provision, and they see how he actively works in their life. And I, I can even testify in my own life, when we were, um, you know, early in our marriage, when we were, were um, just barely covering our bills, how, and even when I was single, how the Lord would, would make a way where miraculously things would be provided. I know that when I moved to Arizona and um, I didn't have money for a down payment, the Lord in a couple months somehow opened up the floodgates and all this money came my way. I mean, literally almost a third of my annual income in, in just cash came in that I was able to put a down payment on a place. And I was just trusting in him and, and I, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but that happened. It, another time uh, when we had a young family and, and uh, we just barely had enough, the, um, there was a, a, an ordination back east that I wanted very, very much to attend, but there was no way that I could afford the, the, the trip. Um, and um, you, you could call it coincidence. I know it's not coincidence because my job, which did not typically have me traveling, said, Tim, we need you to go back east, and it's going to be on this weekend of that ordination. And um, by the way, 
because we get airfares cheaper if you stay over a Saturday night, we'll give you Friday off and not dock your vacation. So not only did they completely pay for the trip, but I got an extra day off and, and they didn't dock my vacation. And I, I, I just look at that and, and afterwards I was just made to wonder how when the Lord wants to work things out, and um, I think that he delights in us when we find ourselves in need, when we don't have the material ability to do things to demonstrate his power. And, and I could, there have been many times when I was um, struggling that the Lord just said, you know what, you trust in me, you do what I say, and I will provide. And, and that's, that's the God that we serve. He, he just takes delight in showing us that kind of love. So we have had a number of, of revelations in the, in the past years, and even within the past year, that um, very closely relate to what we're talking about in the scripture here. Uh, there are a couple experiences where, where God was sad because he saw that we were distracted. And uh, this is going back last year, before COVID and all that kind of thing. And I think that um, you could see, see that we were uh, uh, enjoying unprecedented wealth as a society. And those opportunities for distractions were there for all of us. With entertainment, with um, travel, with um, all kinds of different uh, you know, sports, whatever you want to call it. Well, when the, God has shown us that he is, is in control and he could easily bring all that to a halt, which he did. He just showed us that, you know, he is the one that can change all that. And, and it kind of helped us. It, I, I'll speak for myself here. It, I, I am definitely less distracted than I was before all this happened. And I definitely have have drawn closer to God through the fact that we've had this. So uh, part of the, the experiences is that um, despite the destruction, God has everything in, in his control. And I believe that uh, Brother Austin, when this first came on, you know, he, he had a sermon where the theme was God has got this. And definitely he does. The other thing that the, the, the uh, revelations say is that there's going to be more destruction. And I go back to what God teaches us in the scripture, that God is working on getting, us, getting our attention so that we'll draw closer to him. And it's going to take more destruction. So don't be surprised and don't be stressed because God is going to cleanse this land to prepare it and to prepare the world for his promises to come forth and the gospel to go out. So uh, out of destruction, we're going to see God's promises coming to pass. And, and you know, this, these are good things that are going to come out of this. So we need to look ahead. We need to look beyond that we've got some inconvenience right now. In the meantime, we need to prepare ourselves in humility. We need to repent. We need to focus upon Christ. We need to study his word. We need to have a look at this as an opportunity to grow spiritually. And, and God has told us, a righteous need not fear. He's going to take care of us through this. Um, and he wants us to live in the hope of his promises and not to dwell in the fear of consequences. We don't have to be afraid if we are in, uh, in walking with God. So um, this is the verse that really struck me a, a few weeks ago um, about Christ's teaching on treasure, because this all relates very closely with what we were saying. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know, the Lord wants us to be focused on heaven. He wants us to be focused on him. And no man can serve two masters. Um, and that's where I was showing on the diagram. You know, you've got Satan pulling you one direction and God in another. 
and you can't you can't just stay in the middle we every decision we make every choice we make is taking us in a direction one way or the other and i'm going to show you some other illustrations of how that happens and and god uh, christ also said beware of covetousness oops um i'm sorry covetousness for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth and that's the other thing is that um, our definition of success cannot be what the world tells us success is. Our definition of success has to be God's definition and living in, in his goodwill. So uh, going to another uh, diagram, our, you know, the, the upper left is a spiritual treasure and, and focus on others. That's when you do the two. Focus on others is love God and love others above everything else. And that's related to a spiritual treasure. Now, as we um, focus on ourself or we focus on worldly treasure, we're starting to move towards where Satan wants. And I'll give you an example of that, is that um, when we, if we just focus on ourselves with the spiritual treasure that we have and we hold it to ourselves, Satan's happy when we don't tell anybody. He's happy when we're not testifying. He's happy when we're not doing good for others um, but that we're just saying, well, I'm all safe in my little bubble here reading God's word and knowing that I'm saved, and I'm just going to stick with that. That is not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be um, moving towards focusing on others. And, and, um, and on the other hand, if we take our worldly treasure and use it to impress other people, you know, sort of like the prodigal son, when he had that worldly treasure and he was entertaining other people, yeah, he was focusing on others, but he didn't realize that they were only interested in him for his treasure. And we don't want to be in that place. Another teaching that, um, that we find in the scriptures about treasure, and the, and the Book of Mormon is very big on um, how that people would uh, get, some would get more wealthy than others. It says, because some of you have obtained more abundantly than that of your brethren, ye are lifted up in pride, and you suppose you are better than they. And we see this as a theme that happens over and over again, that as people are prospered, they get lifted up in pride and they start to, to um, discriminate against those that are not. And it says, um, think of your brethren like unto yourselves and be familiar with all and free with your substance. That's Christ's teaching, that we would always see each other as equals and we would share freely. And um, he also has a promise here, before ye seek for riches, seek for the kingdom of God, and ye shall obtain riches if ye seek them for the intent to do good. That's what God wants, you know, that's why he wants us to be riches, so that we can do good, so that we can have the joy of giving. That's the other thing, is that there is a, a relationship between giving and experiencing joy and helping others. So um, I got a few other little diagrams here to kind of wrap things up. Um, and, you know, that verse talked about pride and humility. And um, there's such a thing as a real humility in understanding uh, that we're unworthy creatures uh, relative to God, but that God, uh, but having the confidence of knowing that we're children of God. Um, and then there's a humility that's based on what others think of us that is almost like an uh, embarrassment, almost like we're ashamed because others um, think they're better than us and we, we don't feel good about ourselves. And on the other hand, we can have a, a pride that creeps in spiritually to where we start thinking we're better than other people 
rather than realizing uh, who we are relative to God. And Satan is always trying to pull us away from God's goal of having a godly humility and also a godly self-esteem. Another, uh, talking about spiritual treasure, you know, we please God when we focus on others, and we please Satan when we satisfy the flesh, um, or when we focus on ourselves. And I think we talked about that a little bit in, um, yeah, let me go to the next one. Um, so here's another, another thought about the, uh, the spiritual treasure. What God has for us is eternal, and it's real. It's based in reality, and it's based in the day-by-day blessing that he gives us, that he manifests to us self on this earth, you know, that, that he reveals himself so that we will have a confidence that the, the hereafter is there and that he does hear and answer prayers. You know, what Satan wants us to do, um, on the other hand, is he wants to have us think, and, and as far as the, the reality versus fantasy, his fantasy is that no matter what we do, we're going to spend eternity. We don't need to worry about eternity. That's what, where Satan wants us to be. And on the other hand, as far as reality goes, he wants us to focus on the right now. I want to satisfy my flesh right now. I, I, I'm concerned about what's happening right now. Everything that's temporary and right now, that's where he wants our reality to be focused. But God, he'll take care of the right now if we keep our, ourselves focused on the eternal and on doing what's pleasing to him. That's, that's part of that um, treasure in heaven as we build that. Um, another, um, let's see here, uh, working towards spiritual treasure is uh, trust in God versus dependence on self. Um, you know, it's, it's um, God wants us to trust in him. He wants us to uh, understand him, and he wants us to have the knowledge through his word of what his promises are. You know, that's, there's a lot in his word about the promises of God and um, trusting in him and walking with him that put us in a position where we can truly put everything upon him. You know, um, you know the, other, the other quadrants, you know, as we move towards spiritual ignorance, you know, Satan doesn't want us to know about God. He doesn't want us to have an understanding or, or trust in God. Um, and, and, and you can stay up at the top where you could be blindly trusting in God, but you're very vulnerable when that's happening. God wants us to get that knowledge. He wants us to be actively reading his word and drawing closer to him. On the other hand, if we have knowledge of God, but we're depending on ourselves, then um, he can't really work with us because we're, we're putting faith in ourselves and, and um, not in him. And, and like I said, Satan wants us to be ignorant and dependent on ourselves and totally miserable. And that's where he's drawing us. So there's a battle line there. So um, going to the next one. Um, so there's also uh, a, a battle going between uh, where God wants us and where Satan wants us with regards to faith and doubt and spiritual food and worldly influence. And, and this one, I really would ask you to take a, a hard look at, at all the choices you make because whatever you do with your time, whatever you do with your, um, your efforts are going to draw you either towards Satan or they're going to help you draw closer to God. And, and if we expose ourselves to things, to spiritual food and to others that have faith, and um, 
we are going to grow in, in a direction to where God wants us, to where we're stronger and stronger. But if we allow doubt to come in, that we're going to reject that spiritual food. And I, I, I can, unfortunately, I can think of people that I know that have been exposed to a lot of spiritual food. They've heard testimonies, they see miracles, and they choose to doubt. They choose to say, well, eh, it just happened. And uh, whereas the, the, when you really look at it and going back to reality, that those things really happened. And you have to consciously work. Just as in Christ's days, you know, a lot of people saw Christ performing miracles, but there were those who chose to doubt, despite the fact that Christ did them right in front of him. And we can find ourselves in that place if we get in that mindset. We need to get in a mindset of faith and not a doubt. We need to expose ourselves to spiritual food. On the other hand, worldly influence, if we choose to, um, and, and I've heard this from people, oh, I can handle R-rated movies. Well, when we do that, who are we pleasing? Or, or when we put ourselves in a place where we're exposing ourselves to temptation, to things that are not worldly, um, to places where there's a lot of sin going on, it's, Satan is starting to get that rope around us to draw us away and take us away from the spiritual food. And, you know, our, as human beings, our memories are short-term. You know, if we don't constantly feed ourselves with that spiritual food and we constantly expose ourselves, you know, Satan is going to throw stuff at us in this world that's going to take us away from God. So we need to be actively exercising faith and actively um, exposing ourselves. And, you know, and I thank God, you know, we were just visiting uh, my mother-in-law who's um, homebound due to this... this um, pandemic and she is just thrilled because she told us today she was in four services and she's active on there she's testifying she's hearing testimonies and honestly for us at our house we're like every night we're like okay what uh, what service can we watch tonight and um, that's part of the reason why through this pandemic I'm finding that I'm closer to God and I'm I'm just so uplifted and, and even, despite the fact that we can't travel I feel closer to people than I, than I ever, um, you know, more people were connecting. We didn't make it to camp out this year, and I was disappointed, but um, I'm connecting with people on Zoom and sharing my testimony and hearing things. Uh, boy, we heard some wonderful um, testimonies of, of how God is manifesting himself, even to Native Americans, and, and revealing things that we've, um, you know, making bare his holy arm. And if you um, are, you know, I'd be happy. I shared some videos with some people on that. Just amazing how God is truly working. And, and it's so exciting to hear those things that uh, reinforce our faith in the Book of Mormon, that his prophecies are actually beginning to unfold. If we don't expose ourselves to that, we're missing out. And then there's a lot out there. So just to kind of wrap up, uh, just to restate again, there's a battle raging for your soul. You know, it starts with you personally. You know, you are actually in that battle right now. Whether you like it or not, you're being drawn one way or the other, and it's up to you to decide every choice you make. Am I going to be, be, allow myself to get closer to God, or am I going to get distracted? You know, Satan is out to deceive us. And, and the, you know, the carnal treasure, it's just temporary. It's not something that you can count on. Um, and I still wonder if I'm ever going to see my 401K. I, I, I'm just saying, I'm trusting in God. I just tell people, my walk is with the Lord, and if it's there, great, and if it's not, and, you know, honestly, Renee says, you know, Tim, maybe we should just all give it away if we're not going to enjoy it ourselves. You know, there's people that need help out there, but I'm not ready to do that yet, so don't come ask.
Um, but, um, you know, and I don't mean that. I forget, any, forget I just said anything. Um, so we need to, to not fall on that chart. We don't have to be on that, on that chart of prosperity and distraction. You know, we can choose to move to the left and not be distracted. We want to be in a place, this is where I always say, Lord, let me be in a place where I'm focused on you and you feel free to bless me with prosperity and with health and with all these things. And I'm just, I just want to be in a place where I'm saying, okay, how can I use it for you? And I want you to show me how you want me to use it for you. That's where I want to be. That's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be blessed. and He wants us to be like Job, where he's like, okay, I can give you stuff, and you're going to be spiritually strong, and you're going to help others, and you're going to work for me, and you're going to do things that are going to further the gospel of Jesus Christ of bearing souls um, out of uh, um, damnation. Uh, sometimes God uses tough love to save the souls of mankind. There's a lot of examples in the scripture. We're going through that right now. But, you know, the destruction, um, that's part of, of what it takes sometimes. And he's more concerned um, with our eternal welfare than he is with our comfort on this world. Uh, the difficulties we face presents opportunities to grow spiritually. And I, you know, I think that uh, those of us that have grown through difficulty look back and I've heard this from many people. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but at the same time, it took me to a better place. And that's what God wants to do through difficulties if we allow him to work in our life and if we have the right perspective. Uh, the recent revelations that we have gotten in the church are consistent with Scripture, and they give us encouragement that God's promises are unfolding. And God's truth will guide us to find the real and eternal spiritual treasure. So that's that's the theme today, is that God really wants us to have the real treasure, which is eternal life with him and, um, and joy uh, in his presence. And uh, we're going to have a song now that is very much about the battle that we are raging in. We are up. Remember your brother Dennis Calabrese who truly was willing to go to the front lines. He left a very comfortable life to go out to the um, reservation to help people, to really dedicate his life. And I have so much respect and love for him, and we will miss him. May God bless you is my prayer.
beautiful message this morning um, and a wonderful way to end uh, our service. Remembering, remembering people who went to the front lines. Remembering people in our lives who sought true treasure in their lives. And you know, I love the visuals uh, that Brother Tim had this morning and so many times I've thought of, well, where am I on that curve? If I plotted myself today, where would I fall? And, you know, sometimes the temptations are very obvious, and other times those temptations are not. And, you know, the Lord reminds us in that very same verse in Matthew, the sixth chapter, he goes on and says, No man can serve two masters, for either you'll hate one and love the other, or else you'll hold to one and despise the other. And that can be said for plain, flat sin in our lives, and it can also be said of any distraction in our lives. So many times I've done it where I've put work as my number one thing in my life. And you work hard and you go to work and it distracts from going to Wednesday nights and it distracts from reading the scripture at the end of the day. And you're too tired to pray. And all of a sudden something that the Lord has used in your life to pay the bills and to keep the lights on, it's become a distraction and you're not serving him. So sometimes that sin is plain and in your face, but other times we have to look a little deeper. And that's what I took home today, that am I really seeking the treasures that God wants me to? Am I to the point where if he says, leave everything today, quit your job, and you're going here, am I ready to do that? And I hope you are. And I hope you're getting to a place where the Lord can speak to you. That as you lay down at night and you look towards him for guidance, that you are ready for his answer. And it's my prayer today as those who have gone on before us, 
that those who have sacrificed their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ, they've been an example to you, as Brother Dennis was to many of us. That he went willingly to a very difficult place to live day in and day out to serve a people there. Not because there was some monetary gain that came with it, not because he was going to have a nice 401k at the end of the day, but because it was God's desire in his life. And it's our prayer today, as we heard, that God's desire, his will, might be yours today. So I hope God blesses you this week. If you're looking for a way that, how could I pray a little better? How can I take it to the next step? Join us this Wednesday. Uh, Brother John's continuing his uh, lesson on the recipe for prayer. We've worked through a few of those ways that how we can draw close to the Lord, and there's more coming because each of us, if you think about it, prayers are one avenue that we can reach out to the Lord. Why would we not want to be better at that day in and day out? And he's done a wonderful job over the past month in teaching us in ways that we might submit to the Lord, that when we ask that we are willing to listen to his answer, how can we ask? What is the right way to do it? And we've had some wonderful uh, instruction and testimonies of faith. So if you're available, we look forward to you joining us, and we thank you for tuning in today. May God bless you this week, and we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for the wonderful message, Lord. I pray um, for all of us, Lord, that our hearts might be set on you, that our desire might be to submit wholly to your will in our lives, that our desire might be less of us and more of you in our lives. We pray that uh, we might be filled with the love of God, that we might have grace and mercy uh, to people around us, to our family, that through us they might see your son, Jesus Christ, that they might be introduced to his love that has changed each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you for your son who came willingly for us, Lord, who died on the cross and resurrected that we might have hope and eternal life, that we might seek that hope daily in our lives. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, as we mourn the loss of our dear brother this week, I pray that you might comfort us. I pray that you would comfort his family. I pray that you would be with Sister Anne this week. Lord, we know that hope only comes from you, and I pray that that uh, might fill each and every one of us, Lord. So I pray that you might bless us throughout this week. Keep us safe as we go to work and as we're at home, Lord. Uh, but also I pray that you might inspire us, that we might reach out, that we might show the love of God to those around us, Lord, that we might have the energy and the focus to be a blessing to you. We love you and we thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.